I think financial empowerment through social networks is a huge value unlocker. And that's just something, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a golden key that if you pull this off properly, it would have impact that would last generations and not just years. Welcome to the Cocoon Podcast. My name is Erica, Managing Partner at Cocoon Ignite Ventures. Together with my two other managing partners at the fund, Theodore and Roland, we invite you to tune in here, where you will find conversations we have with founders and investors on the future and sustainability of work. We have been talking and listening to founders and investors in Silicon Valley, Southeast Asia, Greater Bay Area, and the One Belt region for over a decade. There's so much to learn through venture capital conversations, and we decided to turn these meetings into a podcast to demystify what actually happens on the ground. If you're inspired by these stories and want to work or collaborate with any of our founders or investors, then our call to action is reach out by searching for Cocoon Born to Fly on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect there. On this episode, hear from Shabazz, founder of Telotalk, and find out how he is building a super app for his country, Pakistan, and why this is so much more than a social network. Shabazz, I, I want to go way back. Do you remember where, where and how we met? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, our meet cute actually happened at the uh, Google event uh, where we, Telotalk was handpicked out of Pakistani startups to represent Pakistan at a Google for uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, we were there in Thailand, actually, where our first meeting actually happened. Yes, that was yeah. like pre-COVID when we could travel and we could meet founders and investors. And that year, was it yeah. 2018, we were in Bangkok together. That's and there right, were so man. many founders there. And I, and I, and I you know, you know how short I am. And I come knocking on your door and I was like, Shabazz, what are you working on? Tell me about it. <laughs> So, wow, it's been, what, four or five years now. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Well, it's, to me, it seems, uh, you know, sounds like yesterday. This feels exactly. I'm, like I'm still super grateful for the Google for Startups Network and how it brought us together. Okay, a little further back than that. Um, <laughs> so I know you started your career in the, uh, in the telecommunications industry. So what was that like and what motivated you to become a founder? Oh, yeah. So, so our secret origin story, right? So <laughs> the way it happened really is for uh, in a very important year for Pakistan, which was year 2004. So Pakistan has just woken up to the possibility of communication really uh, being a forceful uh, medium of force. So what had happened was a telecom deregulation policy had just gotten introduced. So it attracted a lot of major mobile network operators like Telenor out of Norway, and worried out of Abu Dhabi. So at that time, Pakistan actually had six telecom operators that just uh, were competing intensely, right? So prices started to come down, cell phones started to become more affordable. So there was this ballooning of user base. Pakistan is a market of 220 million people. So it was a substantial you know, increase in uh, user base for a brand new medium. So at that point, enterprises in Pakistan started to take notice. They said, look, Here's a medium uh, which is more than radio and television combined on which people are aggregating towards. So how can we reach out uh, to them? So that's where actually I had graduated just from college and I was looking for a place to do a small internship. And at that point, there's this brand new company that was trying to do mobile value added services for the first time in Pakistan. So I, I joined that company and we ended up connecting Pakistani enterprises with Pakistani mobile subscribers using SMS or you know, mobile messaging as a medium. 
So I ended up leading that organization for 12 years. Actually, it was quite successful for us. And we connected over 250 Pakistani enterprises to talk to their customers. Well, I had no idea you started with an internship and then developed <laughs> your career there. I'm a huge advocate for technology startup internships. I feel like internships really help change careers. It's the best way to kind of get a flavor for what it's like to one day start your own business. I'm just curious, like, what was it like for you to eventually become a founder and what kept you going um, and pivoting and getting to today's um, Teletalk? Actually, so for us, uh, uh, the entire team, actually, uh, while we were building out our previous business and it was uh, quite successful, but we knew that uh, the peer-to-peer -peer communication had already shifted from, from SMS onto OTD apps. Uh, the reason why that happened was because of another technological change that happened in Pakistan, which is in 2016, which is when mobile broadband was actually introduced. So Pakistan was very, very late to that game. Uh, we had mobile broadband four years later, five years later than Afghanistan. So we were, I think, the last country in the region to actually adopt it. But once that happened, smartphones started to get cheaper, data rates started to get cheaper, telcos were now competing onto providing internet services. So once that happened, when user communication had shifted onto OTT messaging, richer medium apps, we knew that the days for enterprise communications are also numbered. And uh, we knew that this consumer shift would also require us to respond accordingly. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, convince our previous management to actually adopt that change. Uh, but the opportunity size was just so delectable that we knew that we'll regret it for the rest of our lives if we didn't give it our, uh, a, a shot ourselves. Uh, so this is where we started to push the restart button on our lives 12 years into building out a successful business and starting a brand new one, which is to build Pakistan's own fully homegrown social messaging application. Now, I know Pakistan has 220 million people and 150 million under 30. It's a big task to build a super app for your country. What has worked so far and what didn't work and, and you know, how, how, did, how did Teletalk evolve? Once again, it's just uh, stems from, first of all, the size of the opportunity, right? It's the youngest uh, uh, population in the region. The median age is just 23 and a half years old. So the moment they come online, they rush towards social messaging platforms, right? Um, this is where we saw the opportunity that if we bring services onto that social network layer, we believe that we can create tremendous value. You know, that's where the national communication stack could be built for Pakistan. And then we can start to aggregate services on that layer rather than you know, asking users to download 10 different apps. So lots of uh, you know, societal problems uh, that Pakistan faces like financial inclusion, uh, digital literacy, just general literacy rate, et cetera. Uh, all of that can actually be you know, hyper uh, improved if we are to build services on that layer. Uh, in order for, for us to do that, we had to make a, a uh, you know, regulatory compliant, you know, socially, uh, locally de uh, developed, deployed, uh, solution and once again for 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 really the traditional market a lot of people end up building for the top one percent and we knew if we were to target the tier two tier three tier four cities of Pakistan specifically the youth then the platform will take its own journey so it it it, it starts to deviate from a very WhatsApp like platform to a very WeChat like platform so it just started to have its own journey 
and would have elements that would appeal to the local sensibilities. We had cultural elements added, had you know everything from local language support to um, you know uh, faith-based content, etc., that we had to integrate in order to appeal to that user base. You talked a bit about uh, content, yeah. uh, communication, community, and I know there's commerce as well. Yeah. Can you unpack a little bit of that strategy? Like how, how do you balance that ecosystem? Uh, so, so to us, really, it's all stems from the same layer where we start to compartmentalize services, but also how user behavior is actually being experienced on, on social messaging platforms. So even right now, if you observe like WhatsApp is dominantly being used in Pakistan, right? So we are having less and less conversations on WhatsApp and doing more and more content sharing, right? So most of the messages we receive or trade are either funny pictures or some kind of a video or some interesting news that we found out and then we trade that across, right? So we said that if people are consuming and sharing content on messaging platforms, then we should have the sources of content baked into the system as well, right? So we've got all local publications uh, in local languages, which otherwise, you know, would never find an outlet on a social network because they'll get lost in all the international ones that are available there. Um, so we, we made sure that we curate all of that and that's available for people to consume, to share. It's also a response to the fake news, uh, you know, uh, uh, issue that social networks end up facing. So every time a news item is actually shared on Telecom, it is done from the source uh, at heart as well. So you can validate where it's coming from. The other thing uh, about content is also what's been interesting too is, you know, usually messaging applications, their engagement time, like per session time is about 40 seconds because you either read a message or you write a message and then you exit, right? And you do that multiple times a day. But for Teletalk, it's up to 17 minutes because people are also listening to music and they're also you know, watching videos and they're also interacting with each other's content. So in terms of engagement, which is a key goal for us, like are people spending time on the platform or not, uh, content is a great glue in order for that to do that. Uh, for communication, everything that you know, people have come to expect from a platform like read receipts, delivery notifications, group calling, et cetera, it's, it's all already there. But you know, when you do communication in local languages, we've got six Pakistani regional languages you know, uh, as keyboard options for people to talk to each other. Because over here, when we observe and went out there, uh, people are sending each other voice notes. And when we inquired, why do you do that? Because it's hard to revisit uh, voice notes because they all start to look the same. They said, because we can't speak in our own language. So we used all the six provincial languages and regional languages and dialects that are in Pakistan. So we tried to give them those options as well so they can make themselves understand better as well. So similarly with communication content and now community where people are finding new people to talk to and they've got these chat rooms which are subject-based. So whether they're faith-based or sports-based or people traveling or students, they could go into that room, have conversations with brand new people and make those brand new one-to-one -one human connections as well. Then it comes our critical part. This is something that, you know, so, so the key over here is to make sure that users are, are coming to the platform on a daily basis or multiple times a day and spending more and more time. That's our North Star, right? But where we also want to do is where this whole thing actually stemmed from is to, uh, to bolt on services on top, right? So with commerce, uh, specifically payments is something that we are going to launch very, very soon. Uh, that we believe is super critical because Pakistan is so underserved, especially in these regions in terms of financial services and access. So there are more social media accounts in Pakistan than there are bank accounts. 
And, and we believe uh, the moment that you start to build these services on that rail, not just for them to pay bills, et cetera, but actually for peer-to-peer -peer payments. So that to make uh, sending and receiving payments as easy as sending and receiving messages when you built it on and curated on an interface that they are most familiar with, we believe that's where the biggest adoption is going to come into. And then and specifically uh, to a user base, the 18 to 24-year-old uh, tier two, tier three, tier four city Pakistanis, that really no fintech is going to go towards and no banks are specifically going to go towards. So we believe that's really where the, where the magic resides because once you empower them with financial services uh, and, and then you allow them to actually not only disperse but to transact and then to build their own stores and then to you know trade, uh, once that happens, I, I believe that will be the biggest service that we could provide for the nation. You know, that magic of the hyper-localized approach is to be able to bring a nation together, bring yes. people of, you know, bring your country together, even though there are so many different cities and so many different dialects, so many different languages, and maybe so many different types of lives, but there is that sort of Venn diagram overlap, right? Like be able to bring them together and, and discover each other and be able to exchange. Um, that to me, you know, the, the exciting piece is it increases the cultural fabric which I think is something that we've been missing a lot on, you know, after COVID and after sort of the globalization of technology, right? Like, you know, to me, all, all, all the stuff I get to consume, a lot of the stuff I get to consume is kind of like fast food. It's sort of yeah. the same all around the world, right? But yeah, when yeah, you can yeah. use technology and social media to, yeah. you know, bring a culture together and enrich one another, that yeah. is the most interesting approach. And when you talked about wallets, I was just yeah. thinking about financial inclusion, you yeah. know, yeah. you know, how is it possible that there are more social media accounts than bank accounts, you know, let's use social media accounts to fix the financial inclusion problem. Exactly. So I, it's very inspiring. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to, you know, maybe if you could unpack that further, like I know you have a B2C product, which is Telotalk. And I know yeah. you also have a B2B product, which is Telecast. Yeah. Like how yeah. do they work and how are they synergistic? Super important question, and uh, it trips up a lot of people when they hear there's two product rails that we are riding on, but to us, they're all heading towards a convergence point, right? So the B2C layer has got a, a very specific objective, like uh, user network expansion and more importantly, user engagement and retention, right? So we want to create a network of you know, very specific kinds of users onto the platform. Once they're there, then we could have you know, all the enterprise services, all the mini apps that we want to start to hold towards so that ecosystem partners can, you know, provide services on our layer very easily. And then, you know, uh, forget about, or at least not worry about, uh, you know, getting users to uh, acquiring users on their own platform, making sure that the engagement level is over there as well, and then focus on what their core services are, right? So we want to solve that problem locally. Uh, in order for us to do that, we know that the, you know, the B2C layer is on its own trajectory and timeline, and it'll take a little bit of time and capital in order for us to hit critical mass before we start to hold on services. But while we do that, there's nothing stopping us from actually un un unbundling our messaging services and providing it to enterprises who want to engage with their customers today in a much rich, richer format than SMS. So what we do is we provide uh, you know, everything that uh, Teladoc has on the messaging side, including hyper-localized languages, you know, messaging, calling, et cetera. We plug that out, made it into an SDK and API product. 
which could be plugged into any third-party app or website for them to launch B2C engagements for a ride-hailing company to allow their drivers to talk to their customers, for a food delivery company to do the same, for banks to talk to their you know, key account holders. So that chat button is, is powered by Talk and and you know that's that's actually doing quite well. It's very rapidly expanding. We've got like 72 enterprises that we are providing all these services for in Pakistan. And as a matter of fact, that division by itself is actually a profitable entity. And it's right down our wheelhouse is something that we're doing. But you know, once all these business layers are are talking to the customers off platform, once we once their customers are on our engagement layer, then just to uh, shift that communication onto that layer is a matter of minutes for us because the core engine remains the same. It's been provided, you know, from the same infrastructure. So rather than you know waste any more time into uh, you know developing those services and to plugging over there as well, we're just building both services in tandem. Can you maybe walk me through a bit of the challenges? Like, were there times when you're like, dude, this is too hard, or there are so <laughs> many competitors out there, or you know, I could be doing this somewhere else in the world. I could be building technology for another demographic like yeah. what kept you going and and how did you get past those hard times it's it really went down to erica a lot of time we you know and this this self-doubt or uh, the exasperation creeps into all founders who are building anything right now to the most successful businesses like twitter to to uh, startups like Teladoc, right uh, but uh, what keeps us going right now is still, you know, to our amazement, we're the only company in Pakistan doing this. It's one of the hardest product categories to be in because, you know, in order for you to compete with, uh, with the likes of, let's just say, Uber or a trucking company, uh, you could build it in Pakistan because no outside competitor can actually come in right now for them to do that. They'll have to physically come to Pakistan and create that, you know, service. Uh, but Facebook is already here and WhatsApp is already here. They don't need to be in Pakistan and TikTok's here and Snapchat's here. As a matter of fact, the top five most downloaded apps every day on the Google Play Store in Pakistan are all social apps which are outside of Pakistan. So those are the ones that we are competing with. But the local response to that, for, for Pakistan to actually say, look, we've got a viable alternative. Uh, nobody's really has built that because there's this feeling that it can't be done. But uh, with Telodoc, each and every day, we're getting that conv uh, conviction. Uh, one of the biggest victories that we have gotten so far on our B2B layer is uh, one of our theories at the start. Like, for example, for government communication, for it to take place um, on a quality social network layer, a government of Pakistan didn't really have any choices, right? And they obviously can't have critical, sensitive information passing through the likes of Zoom or WhatsApp because there's vulnerabilities there, right? So Telotalk was actually, has actually been contracted by the Pakistan government to provide uh, license our services to them for internal communication. So which is a big win for us. And once again, a hugely validating um, of, the, of the theory that you know, hyper-localization will win eventually. So the three key stakeholders, which is the regulators, the enterprises, and the consumers, all three of whom that we are building for, each and every day when you start to see that validation come through, uh, nothing could be more inspiring than that really. You know, with everything that's going on in the world, it's always to see good to see how technology brings people together, brings a nation together, um, and also increases productivity um, and, and increases financial inclusion um, and the likes. I'm curious about sort of your leadership style. How, now, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, a point you just made, the talent. 
How has that been in the last couple of years, especially with COVID? Like, has there been, you know, enough talent that you could hire and, and how have you solved for that part of the problem? Yeah, I think any startup or founder that you talk to, I think this would be their challenge number one right now, uh, besides fundraising. It's because uh, so many startups are, uh, quality startups are, are raising funding and they're building a very challenging, interesting new projects. And the supply side is actually quite dry in terms of talent and you know, key talent is being competed for quite aggressively. So that becomes uh, definitely is an issue. The way that we address it is because one of the, one of the interesting things of building Talutalk is, like I said, nobody else is building something like this, right? So from especially the development staff, that, that sounds like a unique opportunity to learn, learn something that they otherwise wouldn't somewhere else, right? And we obviously try to keep each and every staff member uh, an active stakeholder. Uh, so in the long-term vision of the company and the journey of the company as well. So through that, we were actually able to sift through and, and really pick up uh, you know, some really good diamonds in the rough, people who that we knew would be a part of the journey for, for much longer time than let's just say a revolving door of you know, staff that comes in and goes. Uh, once again, there's a lot of learning uh, on the job that is happening because this is all brand new. Uh, but the good thing is the more time that we're spending, we're becoming domain experts as well. So, so we're also training a great number of resources that we're going to build some amazing products tomorrow as well. So we can't wait for them to actually start to do that as well. Are you hiring? What kind of roles are you hiring for? Oh, yeah, definitely. We're always hiring, right? So, so everything's open uh, from the growth team to our sales team for B2B to our growth team for B2C, uh, as well as specifically the development staff. Right now, a lot of focus that we are putting also on building our propriety AI and ML engine, uh, which uh, so it does two parts. Uh, first of all, it is um, we're developing our own algorithm for ranked feed. So make sure that your interests are matched with the right pieces of content as, as much as possible. So there's less wastage of what you see on Teletalk. The other thing that we are also building is, uh, you know, in terms of business interactions for our B2B layer is also um, automation as much as possible to reduce costs on the enterprises front through chatbots and also to do analysis on the number of complaints that come in in, in local languages. So a lot of, uh, Urdu content or national language content training that we are doing on our brand new ML feed. So we are, we are hiring for that too. It's super interesting and groundbreaking stuff. Never attempted before in Pakistan. So we're trying to do that too. Um, general staff too, like anybody who's looking for a good senior management finance position, we'd love to have you join us as well. Now, for those who are listening, if they're trying to reach you, what's the best way to get in contact? Oh, Talutalk, of course, <laughs> you look me up and join me there. But of course, I, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. Um, I, I think in the show notes, maybe Erica, my email could be there as well for, for anybody who wants to reach out. I'm, I'm always available. Uh, Shabazz, last question. Yeah. Let's say you're right about Talutalk and Telocast. What do you see? What would the future look like? Well, we're really hoping that we end up addressing a big problem, which is uh, we want to empower users on the platform to, to, to find financial stability uh, through Teletalk. That really is a goal. We want our creators to win. We want enterprises who, who plug their systems onto the platform to win. We want consumers to turn into creators for not just content, but for services as well. 
And we are trying our best to provide that ecosystem that enables that. I think financial empowerment through social networks is a huge value unlocker. And that's just something, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a golden key that if we pull this off properly, it would have impact that would last generations and not just years. Uh, but we know that the road to that is going to be super tough, uh, but uh, we see so many avenues for us to add value to users' lives and enterprises' lives as well. And this would be the best possible way to do that because social networks really are the interface for the internet for us and for consumption of services to come to that layer uh, would be super critical. Look at what Elon Musk's plan was for Twitter, right? He was going to start with payments integration and then to have services on board. It's exactly because the, the model that WeChat created is so beautiful and what Kakaotalk ate and what Zelo in Vietnam and Line in Japan were able to replicate as well. It resoundingly just uh, seems like the right strategy in order to make a, a national level impact with the platform. Financial empowerment, and yeah. it's most inspiring. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, how do we use technology to empower humans to live better? Well, thank you so much, Shabazz. Really appreciate you taking the time for the call today. Thank you so much for having me, Erica. It's always a pleasure connecting with you, and thank you for, for having me. Hey, thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe. To hear more from entrepreneurs and investors on why they got started, how they got through the hard parts, and what they'll be doing next. If you're inspired by these stories and want to work or collaborate with any of our founders or investors, reach out by searching for Cocoon Born to Fly on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect there. Download more episodes or subscribe via Spotify or YouTube.